0: Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? Then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man, God's way. No judgment, no shame, just real men with real challenges seeking real change, all for God's glory.
1: You know, someone once said that if you want to make God laugh, just tell him what your plans are. (laughs) Well, I found that out last week doing my interview with my guest, Roland Cox. Now, as you know, on Real Men Connect, we interview Christian men from all over the country. Typically, we ask them questions in their field of expertise, and we get real and raw as they transparently share with us their journey through manhood. But my guest on today's episode was somewhat different than most interviews that we've done in the past. As I mentioned before, his name is Roland Cox, and Roland is the founder and creator of the Daddy Builders Network. Roland and his wife Michelle created their website as a resource center to give daddies hope and encouragement, as well as information, ideas and strategies to help them remain active in the lives of their children. Now when I interviewed Roland to be on the show, I initially wanted him to talk about his website and what they do to support fathers like himself. But as I began the interview and dig deeper into Roland's story, it was evident that the Holy Spirit had other plans for the interview. The interview ended up being about Roland's relation with his 22-year-old daughter, Destiny. And he and his wife's relationship with Destiny and their relationship with Destiny's biological mom. Now, the interview quickly turned to us both sharing our stories about the ups and downs of having a blended family. And they ended up with me frequently offering Roland counsel and advice on how God helped me to successfully navigate a difficult situation of blending my family. And at the same time, I was able to minister to Roland and give him and our listeners advice on the ups and downs and realities of dealing with blended families. So at times during the interview, you'll hear me interject and even sometimes interrupt Roland as I allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our conversation. As a result, I believe I've made a brother and friend for life with Roland, and I hope you as a listener will gain some insight from an interview that totally went into a place I wasn't expecting. I even thought about not airing the interview, but I believe God does everything for a reason and he doesn't waste anything. So Roland gave his approval, so I decided to air the interview. Now, I hope that it blesses you. Now, we removed the initial intro of Roland and we'll pick up as soon as Roland starts the conversation. So just sit back and relax and watch God do what God does best. Real Men Connect is next.
2: Thanks for having me, Joe. Uh, welcome, everybody. Now, glad to be here.
1: And man, I'm glad to have you on. And, you know, it was a little bit hard getting you on the show because we had to, some ke- scheduling conflicts and everything. But God is good, man. And, and you yes. made it here. And so I'm happy and I'm excited because, like I said in the intro, Roland, that. We're going to have a candid discussion because um, obviously this is personal to me um, as a a father of a blended family. But before we get started with that, I always when we invite guests on, Roland, is I ask them to give us and share with us their favorite Bible verse and what gives them inspiration from the word of God. So, man, what's yours? Uh, My favorite Bible verse is Jeremiah
2: 29, 11. I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster to give you a future filled with hope. And I just love that because throughout my struggles, I know that there's hope and God has hope for me and I I have hope in God. So that's just mine because he knows me better than I know myself and he has great things in store for me and my family, no matter what we're going through.
1: You know, and that's one of my my wife's favorite Bible verses as well. And that gives a lot of people a lot of hope and inspiration. So that's good to hear that that's one of yours too. Yes. And, you know, I want to make the best use of our time cuz there's a lot of questions that I have rolling. I don't even know if we're going to get through all of them today, but I'm going to um, get through as many as we possibly can. But your journey, you know, I was reading your uh, your intro and how you and Michelle have been married 13 years, but you've been together for 20 years. And I mentioned that you have two children, Michaela 14 and Monty 11. Now, if somebody does the math, they can see there's a story behind this. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I want to jump right into you sharing your story. Kind of give us the, the, the I call it the ESPN, ESPN highlight version of your story, because I want to know what led you to um, starting the Daddy Builders Network, because obviously something has inspired you. So can you give us your testimony and your journey to where you are today? Yes. Uh,
2: what, what helped me uh, start Daddy Builders Network? Well, uh, my daughter, who was Destiny, she was taken away from me when she was one. And so my mom took her away for like 11 years. Uh, I couldn't see her, hear her, or talk to her. And so I had met my wife uh, during the ESPN Highlights. I met my wife, and she said, you know what, uh, I want you to find your daughter. And to me, I was a little nervous because I didn't want to break up what me and my wife had, but I wanted my child. It, it, it seems weird because I didn't know my child, and it's been 11 years, so we decided uh, As we looked for her, we're going to help other people in that journey. You know, we're struggling. And what better way to reach people than through your own experience? So we decided to start a Daddy Builders Network so we can help fathers, encourage them, and never to give up. You know, because God God is good. And it it, it took 11 years. I I just want to say it took 11 years never seeing her. And first day we seen her the second day we seen her she's been home with us ever since and she didn't even know we was i was her father so that's a god thing right there to me so we went to north carolina we saw her we got her the next day nothing but god but before that like i said we was we started daddy building network and i think that helped us that that gave god i guess more incentive if you want to say to get the child for us because we was doing something for other people we were serving but yeah, we started Daddy Bill Neck with just to help other fathers out through our own personal struggles.
1: Now I gotta tell you now, Roland, that, there's a lot of stuff in there that I could dig into and I don't want to go too deep into it because we'll never get to the questions today. But you you mentioned that um, you didn't see your daughter, but but yet now she's been with you for these past eleven years. We gotta go back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Now, first of all, why didn't your your why didn't you, the mother want you to have connection with your daughter in the first place?
2: Um, I was, I was young, man. I was out there. I wasn't doing bad things at work that I came home, but I guess I just wasn't treating the way she needed to be treated. And so I came home from work one day and she was gone. And uh-huh. every time we tracked her down, she changed her number and we couldn't get an address. But I have no idea. I guess she was just hurt. And I, I guess I'm part responsible for that because I guess had I done better, she wouldn't have left.
1: And so were you married to her or you just... No, just, I was... Uh, d- just conceived of,
2: had a baby. together. Yeah, I was like 24. I, I wasn't married. I wasn't. I knew of God and I, I believed in God, but I wasn't in my faith like I am now. Right. So I, I
1: was nowhere near doing things right. So she wasn't really just kind of like just trying to keep you from your child. She had her reasons because she was looking at trying to keep her child protected, try to keep destiny protected in her mind. Right. That's what she was trying to do. No, I think she
2: was I think she was just hurt because I just I just party a lot. I didn't do anything, I wasn't cheating or anything, I just party a lot, but Right. I, I don't talk bad about but she she was just a different type of lady and she was just being resentful because I, I don't know why she kept the baby away from me. I didn't okay. I didn't treat the baby wrong. I took the baby everywhere I could.
1: Okay. So so it wasn't like she was your daughter's gonna be a physical danger. It was just oh, kind of no. an impasse between you two and she had some hurt feelings and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, no. Okay.
2: I was I wasn't that type of person. I just liked to party and I guess
1: she didn't like that, but nothing, right.
2: nothing harmful to anybody.
1: Gotcha. Now, as far as, so you having your daughter now having Destiny and you guys having her this long. So she just gave up custody of Destiny or did you have to um, fight for custody of her? How did that come about?
2: Like it's stories behind stories. I finally, uh, Destiny's grandma, her mom's mom, she helped us to find Destiny. So she called us down one day. And she said, oh, I know her school. You can come see her, but don't tell Mm -hmm. her mother. You know, so we went to see her and, you know, I cried like a baby. She looked just like my sister at 11 years old. Wow. And, and the next day we we, we just wanted to see her. We just wanted to start the process of getting weekend things once we found her. And so the next day I said, okay, I'm going to tell her mother because I don't want to leave. We, we had to drive to North Carolina. I don't want to leave without seeing my daughter again. And I, Doing something with her, so I, I called up and told her I want to take them out to the movies. Her mom's can go if she wants, but her mom's wasn't in agreement with it. But the backstory is because I knew her mom's and her mentality she was at. I called the police before I went over her house because I knew she was going to act wild. So I called <laughs> yeah. the police and said I'm going to see my child, but I know that you know her mom's is going to you know act crazy. And so what happened? Her mom, act crazy, and and so uh. The police were already there because I, I I warned them. I just wanted to see my child. And they, they told the child, asked Destiny. They said, do you want to go with this gentleman? Like I said, I just met her the day before. She doesn't even know. Do you want to go with him? She said, yes. And the police said, pack your things, hurry up and get in the car, and leave North Carolina as soon now as she can. How old was Destiny at the time? What? She, she was 11. Oh, she was 11. Oh, this is ele- that's right. 11, yeah. I'm sorry. So 11 years later. From the time she was 1 to 11, her mom had taken her completely away from us. And to gotcha. where grandmother helped us locate her. So... Yeah, and we, we took her. We had her ever since.
1: Now, so they asked Destiny if she wanted to be with her dad, and she said yes, and it was just that simple. And she, I mean, you're, she didn't fight and try to keep her. She said, no, I'm not going to let that happen because I've had to go through getting a custody battle with my son, and it wasn't that easy. Just because he, he wanted to go, and she didn't want him to go. Yeah, the, the <laughs> so, thing is she,
2: she, she was she was just out there. She, they asked her, was this her father? And they said yes. And so they gave right. the child an opportunity to say, do you want to go with him or not? And she was still yelling, and screaming as we drove off and she was still teed off at us. But we drove off and
1: left and she was just she was just bitterly mad. And so there was no court fighting in the courts about this. She didn't um, subpoena you or anything to get you back in court to see if she could win custody back of destiny. Nothing like that.
2: Oh, yeah. We, we went to court. We did we did the whole nine yards. And when we finally went to court, uh, that's why it's this the whole situation is it's just a handful. And I don't right. mind talking about we went to court. Uh, she told that we had a back and forth. I said, I just want to see my child on the weekends. I would drive halfway. I would drive all the way. But the judge said, can you drive halfway, which is four hours? I said, I have no problem with that. And right. he, then he asked the mom, do you would you be willing to drive? She said, I can't drive. So for some reason, he asked us like four times. She said, why can't you drive? Do you have a car? She said, yes. He said, why don't you want to drive? She said, because I don't want to. Then he said, you going. He gave me full custody after that.
1: Wow. Because I, she I wasn't
2: you. and she wasn't willing to participate in it. Right. And then as we left out the court, this this is the stinker. She told my daughter, I never want to see you again. No. And, uh. and I, don't, I think she said, two. she's 18 and two. she's on the one. I don't ever want to see you again. And, you know, that, that was hurtful. I still,
1: I don't know. It, it's... Now, does Destiny have a relationship with, um, with her now at all?
2: Look, it's, it's so many layers to this. She, she has it. My, her, mom's, her mom's seen her once since we took her. And, wow. that, and the reason why she's seen her, because she tried to sneak up here and take her back away from me on her 16th birthday. So mm-hmm. her and Destiny were talking on the phone, and we was having this party for her. So she wanted to sneak up here and take her on her 16th birthday. And, you know, Destiny was still, Destiny still resents us for some reason. She thinks we took away from her mom. Her mom treated her bad. As you see, I had to call the police. This tells you about the lady she was. I didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, say things bad, but this tells you about the lady she was. But she, she tried to sneak, and I told her, look, Destiny's not happy here. and This the struggle. Destiny's not happy here. I said, if you can promise me. That you take her and she'd be happy and she and she maintains a B or A average in school, I don't mind because I just want her to be happy. And I I was just hurt because she was hating my destiny was hating my wife. She was hating me, but she was more hating my wife. So I just wanted to be happy and I wanted my wife to be happy because my wife, I didn't feel that she should be going through this. Mm -hmm. But uh, I told her and she didn't want to do that. And I said, the only thing is because I had it for the last five years, I never asked you for one penny. You know, so don't ask me for you Know that's all I asked for you. And she said, No. She just wanted child support again. And so that's the only reason why she didn't take her back. And she wanted Destiny has two other siblings, three other siblings down there. She wanted a babysitter
1: and child support. And right. so you know, and but that's also a good transition um into dealing with blended families, because obviously, and I'm glad that you even mentioned it, that it wasn't a smooth transition, destiny coming. Um, to live with you guys. Cause I, cause I want the listeners out there to understand that a blended family is a real thing. And I often t- tell my son now, who's now my son is 20 years old now that he once told me, he says, dad, he says, um, I don't think I want to get married. And I said, kim, why wouldn't you want to get married? He says, dad, because marriage is complicated. And I told him, I said, "Kendall, and this—he didn't ask say this at twenty. This is when he was a teenager." Okay. And I said, "Kendall, marriage is not complicated." He said, "But dad, you and mom went through a divorce and all this other stuff." I said, "No, marriage is not complicated." I said, "Divorce is complicated." I said, "With divorce, I said, see, marriage—if you do it the way God plans to do marriage, it's—it's not—it's going to be hard, but it won't be complicated." Yes. But when you get divorced, I said, Kendall, I said, child support is complicated. Custody battles are complicated. Visitation rights are complicated. Yes. <laughs> I said, but we make it a lot more complicated than it needs to be. So I'm glad that you even shared this with um, with us because they can see that God has a plan for a reason. He's not trying to hurt us or to harm us. And you said in Jeremiah 29, 11, yeah. that he has a plan and a purpose for our future. But we have to be obedient to his plan. But when we get off that plan, things happen and we still have to follow his plan. Yes. But before we get into the questions about the blended family, because I told you I got a lot of questions Roland, is I want to know. You mentioned your wife. Now, you said that Michelle wanted you to have your daughter with you. Now, I want to know because I'm now I'm getting put myself in position of a child because my dad left when I was two and he didn't come back to my life later. What were you? How would you deal with not seeing her that long before? Michelle even mentioned about bringing her to, um, to you. How did you deal with that? How how rough was that? Was it rough at all? Uh, I I guess I say
2: it, you try to throw it in the back of your mind. I I wanted to be there for and I thought about it all the time. I kept a mm-hmm. picture in her, in my wallet and everything, and just thought about it. every time I seen a kid and see the age progress I think, hey, how's Destiny doing? Then? What is she like? So it was sort of rough, but it, it was. It, I guess I suppressed to put it in the back because. I, I found my wife. This was hold on, ninety-four. I'm trying to figure out the dates. But when I when I got with my wife and and she just said, uh, let's let's find your child and and I I I, I love my wife. I, I love my child, but I didn't have that physical mental I didn't have her to know that I love her and I didn't want to mess up what I had. And it sounds crazy. I love my child and I want to do all I can. Like I said, I wasn't where I'm at spiritually, but I just didn't want to mess up what I had with my wife because it just seemed like that would bring more problems. I've seen baby mama drama and all these other things. So I didn't want that to happen, but I was still willing to find my child. So You
1: know, because, and I, again, I tell you, I'm speaking from the role of being a son uh, without a dad being there. Um, the thing that used to cross my mind a lot is, because now being a father, I, I see, I know now what that feels like. And I never understood, and maybe I need to talk to my dad about this, of how did he cope and deal with, Um, not having that connection Uh, because I I don't know how I could have survived being away from my son. I mean, when I was doing a custody battle with him, I was away from him for about maybe a year and a half and it almost killed me, you know, but that was just a year and a half. So I can't imagine going 11 years. So I always wonder from a naive child standpoint, how does a man cope and deal with that that feeling of, wow, that disconnect from their child? So that that's why I asked I had no problem because my, like my father
2: wasn't in my life and he mm-hmm. had uh, one two other kids uh, who he was very close to after me and so I didn't raise I wasn't raised by a father I was raised by a mom who did her thing and it was a struggle and, and but as I got older I, I don't know if I'm going off base, but as I got older I fi- I found out my father doesn't know who his father is and it's like a pattern he couldn't right. be a father to me I don't know what his issues were but because he didn't have that father example on how to be a father he doesn't even know who his father is and so that that helped me to uh forgive him even more knowing that he had the struggles it doesn't make it right but knowing there's something there that says this is why I wasn't there in your life but uh, i don't know It it's hard not knowing you had a child there because i went, we did when we did find we sent her stuff and we found out her mom's told her uh, me and my wife sent her stuff her mom's told her well somebody else gave you that Mm-hmm. And so all the stuff she had and we bought her like this big giant size, king size bobby dolls. And she just remembers somebody else gave her that And that, that really hurt because I know my wife, she's the main one that said, let's get this for her. And knowing that in all her life, she thought somebody else gave her like one of her most prized gifts she's ever had. And so it, it's,
1: it's a hurtful feeling not not being able to do it for your child. You know, but Roland, you you're bringing up some issues that I know is um, grounds for another show. Um, which is dealing with that type of thing of being separated from your child already. The, um, it's moving in my spirit that we're gonna have to do a show on that, and so I'm gonna make a note to myself that that's something I do want to talk about because um, we we haven't dealt with that, um, and but that's a real issue for a lot of fathers, and a lot of dads. Now let's get into the the blended family, and. And Roland, I told you, even before I brought you on the show, I know you can't speak on behalf of every father out there who finds themselves in a blended family. But you kind of alluded to it with destiny because there's some tension um, involved in that. But and I know one size doesn't fit all. But in each case, it's going to be different. But in general, what are some of the um, the blind spots or things that you find out and discover that you would like to warn other dads about? because? You, you know, you and your wife, you guys have launched the Daddy Builders Network to give fathers hope and encouragement and give them strategies. So obviously that come from going through the um, being in the trenches yourself. What did you guys, what are some of the, highlight some of the things that you think every father needs to know when it comes to blending a family together? Some of the things that you guys had to learn the hard way.
2: Well, personally, to me, it's, uh, outside of marriage, that's, that's the hardest relationship. It, it may be even harder because you're married and you have a blended family. And you're dealing with other outsiders th- that's inside your home. You're sending your kids there. But the blended family, I think that's the hardest thing that can ever be. And, and I, I feel bad because I put such a burden on my wife because I was doing a night shift. And like I said, it, we abruptly roughly got destiny. And so she came straight to our life. So guess who's dealing with her the most? Her stepmom. And, mm-hmm. and to me, it's like uh, having a foster child because she didn't know who I was. So she really, right. she, she was a foster child to both of us, but she was biologically mine. And it's being a blended family, it's just difficult. It's you got to prepare yourself for, I hate to say it, for the worst. And so mm-hmm. you can know when the worst happens, you can get through it because it may not get where you want it to be. But like in God, there's hope because my daughter, Destin, she moved out in February and she still resents us. She moved to Delaware. She had a government job and all these other things, and and it's 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 long lasting uh, all the effects of a blended family. So just just always do your best. And uh, we we did a lot of Bible ministries and stuff. We did a Ron Deal thing. He uses the crock pot. Everything is thrown in there. You just let it simmer and simmer, and then one day that crock pot stew or whatever is going to be the best thing you ever had. It it may not be perfect, but it's much better. It, it tastes good, but a blended family is like a crock pot to me, and I, I just love his analogy because, you know, we just throwing a carrot, celery, you know, potatoes in, and we just all
1: got to mesh together somehow. And it's a slow process. Mm-hmm. So now, but when she came in, what were you, because you mentioned, you said that um, kind of prepare for the worst. What was some of the, the things that you weren't prepared for that you guys had to deal with when she came in?
2: I don't know. You ever heard like a, a, a furrow child? She was like furrow. She didn't know. Just my my experience. She didn't know much of anything. It's like her mother kept in the house and watched the kids. She didn't know different types of cheese. And come to find out, she's on autism spectrum too. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. It's it's prepared for the worst, and you just gotta be prepared to not quit. I guess that's what it is. It's not quit, knowing it's going to get hard. Things are hard when you're dealing with blended families. Just never quit. Just always hanging there, and you know. I was just blessed for me. I was blessed with for awesome wife because she helped me through most of these things herself uh, with the Lord. But he blessed me with her. I don't know if I answered the question or not, if I got off topic. or uh.
1: <laughs> No, well, because the thing is, because uh, I know, you know, I could even uh, look at some of the things that um, I had to deal with um, coming into um, a blended situation. Because when I came into my wife's life. Um, I, I, met her. So sort of like what you guys, you guys know, you've known your wife for 20 years and you've been together for 13. Um, Tanya and I, we, we've been married for four years, but we've been together for nine. Okay. And so when I came into her life, my daughter, um, Faith was only five years old and her dad disconnected from her. So she didn't have a father actively in her life anymore. And, in when I married Tanya, Faith was nine. And so some of the challenges that I had, that's what I was getting to asking you those questions because some of the things I wasn't prepared for, that's why I said we're gonna have a candid discussion because I'm in this and and i've and I've had to deal with this is that um I didn't know how deep the wound of her dad's abandonment was um and i and I wasn't prepared to know how to deal with that. And so I didn't know that because she was pretty close to her dad before he'd left. And that's a whole nother story of how that ended up, that relationship ended up breaking up, but he not, he wasn't active in her life anymore. So there was a wound caused by her, um, by him that I had to be, I had to pick up the pieces, so to speak, Yeah. because all she sees is another man who might abandon her. I so you can imagine dealing with that. That was one of the things that I, that I wasn't prepared for. That was one of the blind spots that I wouldn't have known. Unless I was listening to a show like this and somebody was saying, Hey, this is some of the stuff you, okay. can, you expect to happen. That's why I was asking that question. And I'll tell you some other things now that I think up think about it. Cause I'm gonna have my daughter on the show talking about this. Cause now Faith is um, she's just turned 14 years old. And I asked her, I said, Faith, would you mind being on my podcast to talk about the wound of the father? Because she's been on my podcast before. Okay. And to her surprise to my surprise, she said, Dad, I'll do it. And I said, you, I said, you don't have to do this. I said, I know it's kind of, it's painful. And she said, no, dad. She said, and this is her words rolling. she says, this is my testimony. Wow. And I'm like, wow. So I didn't know how wound that really was. Also, I didn't, I was not impaired and didn't know that coming into a blended family, you have to build the trust. Yes. See, my son is all, I, he's, he, I'm the only person he's ever known since he was born. And so I have to lose his trust. Do you get me? Because he's thinking daddy is perfect. Daddy's everything. Daddy's Superman. And I had, you know, only thing I could do is lose his trust because he's already trusting me. With faith, I had to build and earn her trust because she didn't know me. You know, she didn't know who I was. All she knew is that this guy is competing for attention with my mama. (laughs) You know, I want my mommy and he wants my mommy. And my mommy seemed to be paying more attention to him than me kind of thing. So so that was a, a thing that I was not prepared for. And I'm trying to think what else that comes to mind uh, when it came to faith. Um, oh, also, I had I wasn't prepared on how to respond to people who, when they saw us, said, you know, how do I introduce her? You <laughs> see, you know, this is my daughter. What? You know, your daughter. You know, so you have a you have a son. how to explain to them that this was a blended family. And again, I've had to deal with all this stuff and I can do a whole show on how I deal with each one of these issues, but that's what I was talking about in some of those blind spots that I was not prepared for. Um, also, I wasn't prepared to know, and this hasn't happened, but I anticipated happening is what if that, her dad came back into her life? How would I respond to him? How do I, how do I respond to her? How do I respond when she asks questions about her dad, you know, and she has reached out to her dad even after um, me and her mom had been married. And she thought that I was going to be hurt by that because she did that. And I wasn't, you know, I wish she could have come to me about it. But again, it's that I didn't know how deep the wound really went. So that that's what some of the things that I've learned um, from being in a blended family. And to this day, and, I, and I'm so thankful for it, my daughter, and I have a very, very close relationship and oh, yeah, I'll tell you something else, Roland. <laughs> that, that's something I wasn't prepared for is her struggle in knowing what to call me. Now, I know that sounds simple, but to her, it was a tug of war battle. She thought by calling me daddy, she was betraying her biological father, if that makes any sense. Yeah,
2: we get that a lot.
1: Yeah. And so and so she thought that I was going to be hurt by her not calling me daddy. She used to call me Joseph <laughs> that, you know, call me my name. And I told her, I didn't have a problem with that. Because I knew I had, again I had to earn her trust. Okay. And I can't tell you, boy, the day she finally called me daddy, man, I, man, it was it was something else. And my son, I told him, I said, "It's one thing that you call me dad." I said because I'm the only dad you've ever known. I said, but for that little girl to call me daddy, I said that's something that she had to give me. It's a gift. It's a gift, and I appreciate it a lot more. And I said, I'm not trying to discredit my son, <laughs> but I tell, I appreciate a lot more coming from her. Yeah, They're coming means, from him. That means I had to earn it. Yeah. So, you know?
2: and, and my and my wife, you know, I, I feel bad because she, uh, my daughter Destiny it is weird. As you say, how I would to call you when she first got here. She used to call me Ronald. Uh, my name was Roland, so she didn't even know my name, <laughs> and, oh my and she goodness. gets it messed up. And it just hurts me because I, I I just believe my wife was just the awesome wife and awesome mother to her. And to this day, she still will only call her Michelle, and it. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's, that's a deep wound for me because I see how much she have hurt her, hurt my wife because, her mother, uh, Destiny's mother, can curse her out and all this other thing. It's like they reach out for the person that they don't have the love for and just right. push off the people that love them because they know it's always there, because her mother then cursed her out and told it. Her mom used to call on the phone and just told, uh, tell Destiny, get your father for all he can because he's never done anything for you. And so growing up with her, she just was always angry with us. And and the reason we didn't do anything for her, because moms took her away. But moms portrayed her like we were just these villains. right? And yeah, it, it just hurts me to this day that like she was caught. My mom never wanted her to be caught mom, but just for her not to even acknowledge her as being somebody that's always there for
1: her, that, that still hurts. You know, and Roland, I, I think a lot of men struggle with that, too. And people ask me. How come I didn't struggle with it when Faith wouldn't call me Daddy, and she still, like you said, was reaching out to this this man who abandoned her? Um, but my thing was, it, it didn't matter the title. Um, first of all, I'm held accountable to God, not to her, and so I knew that it was a feelings kind of thing. And Joe, if you can just not walk in your feelings and be obedient to Christ in doing what God has called you to do, because this is the way I looked at it. That and this is and it. Ne- I never wanted to get that. Endorsement and that approval from her. I think it blesses me when I get that back. But I've had to explain this to Faith. I said, Faith, you don't understand. God could have given you any man, He could have picked any man, but He picked me. He picked me to be your dad. Doesn't matter what you call me, but He picked me. See, I'm so my thing is, God, why would you trust me with her? And Roland, I don't know, you know about my backstory. But what I did to my son's mom and how I treated her, if there was anyone who doesn't deserve a daughter, it would be me. Because I don't have I, I, if anyone who cannot claim rights to say, you know what, I should have a daughter. No one in their right mind would have trusted me with their daughter. So for God to bring me this woman like your wonderful wife, Michelle, bring me Tanya. And then she comes with a daughter and God says, I'm asking you to be the spiritual head in the covering over this family. Dude, she could have called me a tri- uh, a, a spider, <laughs> called me Godzilla. I don't care what she calling me. I'm thankful that God has given me the opportunity to be able to represent the Godhead to her. And so, and I took that responsibility and I still do to this very day, very seriously. Uh, I think the best compliment my son ever gave me was, he told me, he said, dad, if I didn't know any better. Um, I would think faith is yours. And I thanked him. He said, dad, what's the big, I said, Kendall, you have no idea what you just said. No one Roland, You would not know. She's not my biological daughter. Now we don't look alike. Now she acts like me, which is not a good thing all the time, (laughs) but, um, but you would never know is because I've treated it as if God, thank you for giving me opportunity. It didn't matter how faith responded. It didn't matter what she called me. That's why I wanted her to know that I'm not disappointed. She wasn't calling me daddy yet. And, but I didn't care if she ever called me daddy, but I was going to be a dad. I was going to be a father because God called me to do that. So I'm hoping that the men out there who are listening to this that didn't get some healing in that is not what she calls you or what she doesn't even call your wife, Michelle. It's what does God call Michelle. And based on how you portray her, Roland, she's a wonderful woman. And, you, and God's right going to call her blessed. That's what God's going to call her. <laughs>
2: yeah, she she is, She's blessed. She's my blessing. And it's weird because they say destiny. They always think destiny is Michelle's. And right, so, right. and I just believe, like I said, God has a plan. And had we not taken her, I think Destiny's path would have been, could have been much worse. So she can have anger in us, but I think we plan season her that one day she's going to start, it's going to start sprouting up and she's going to start fulfilling what we've planted in her and be a better person and, and not be so hateful for us. And she will see that. So, it, you know,
1: it's all good. I think it's, everything is for a reason. Now, Ro, let me ask you this. Now, you have two other kids, Michaela and Imani. What's there? Because I know now Destiny is still going through her. She's grown now. She's a, an adult uh, adult person now, even though she's only 22. But what's her relationship like with your kids, you and Michelle's kids? Is it a, a, a good relationship? Kind of distant? What, how would you describe it?
2: If I can go back, like when you said, like one of the biggest struggles uh, coming into a blended family is having somebody interrupt. My daughter was the queen. And my son was just born, so she interrupted all that. And so I think that that caused a lot of problems, like who's the child, who's the baby, who should I look at? If this person gets this, why am I getting this? I used to get this more, why is Destiny getting this? But I just wanted to go back and say that, but Destiny has moved out now. She's moved to Delaware, and she texts with my daughter. She doesn't have a relationship at all, so...
1: I mean, she, but she said, does, but she reaches out to Michaela every once in a while.
2: Michaela reaches out to her and she'll just reply with a, like a three letter answer or something, but it's, it's not a good relationship. She, she has bitterness between all of us, but I guess she can just deal with Michaela a little better.
1: And what do you think her, her bitterness um, comes from? As far as what do you think that, what seems to be the chip on her shoulder when it comes to all of this?
2: I think that she's uh, more angry with her mom and uh, she took it out on. Took it out on us, and she didn't. When we got it, it, it was just a different atmosphere. She didn't have any structure, and so when we got she got with us, it was more structure. So I think that really made her angry because now she couldn't just get away, couldn't lay around. She had to she had to do things that she didn't want to do. She was forced to do things she didn't want to do, and I think that was one of the big differences. Uh, like I said, the blended family coming from one different household to another, it makes it even difficult when. Like you have shared parenting in a blended family, Mm -hmm. this person is more lax than you go over here; It just confuses the child. So I guess the parents on both ends would just have to uh, come together and try to find a medium. But her anger is just, like I said, her mom used to call on the phone and tell us uh, how much she hated us and all these other things. We used to have to get on the phone and listen to make sure, and I asked Destiny, when your mom called, y'all can have all the talk you want, but I ask you not to let your mom just spew all this venom towards us because that's not true. And she got mad at that because she said, Oh, we're eavesdropping on the phone. But our whole thing is, I just didn't want a mom just throwing stuff at her, throwing shade and all these other things at her to make us seem worse. And we were just trying to raise her as to be the best child she can be. But not being with her mom, not being with her other siblings, siblings having taken away from her home. And like I said, it's like a foster child. I don't know what a foster child goes through, but I can imagine it would be destiny, even though I was her biological. She was like a foster child. Just, just like she interrupted somebody else's home, so it that could have made her angry. Like I don't even belong here. Everybody, everybody, these other two kids got their mother and father. I got some man in here that I don't even know really, and some other lady. I'm just lonely.
1: You know, you know, Roland. I, I'm thinking um, as far, especially for dads out there who are going with it, because I've hear I've, I've heard that a lot from from men. Um, of the, the mom speaking negatively about them, and uh, mom, forgive me for um, putting this on there, but I'm going to say it because you did it, <laughs> and I love you, mama, but she would speak negatively about my dad, and my mom, and, and, I, and I say that, and people say, man, you just throw your mom under the bus. No, my mom, if she was on there, she would tell you that, because we talked about this, and she regrets that, that she did that. And she wished she never did. And I and I tell parents now, and this is what I'm, and I know we are speaking to men, but for the mom, we know there's women out there eavesdropping on this conversation. They, they love listening to Real Men Connect podcast. But I always tell them, please stop talking negatively about um, the baby's daddy, you know, the baby's father. I say, and he could be a buster. He could be this guy who's off the deep end. Um, that doesn't matter. And they said, well, you know, she needs to know, trust me. Your child will eventually find out if she lives long enough or he lives long enough to find out the truth. My mom did not have to say anything about my dad because eventually as I became an adult and I got to know my dad, I found out that my mom was not right on some instances, but she was right on some other instances. But the point was is that I learned for myself. Yeah. Um, so I can make my own judgment. She didn't have to do that. And I would give my dad a lot of credit. People say, you give your dad credit. He wasn't there. No, but I give my dad credit for this. My dad never said anything negative about my mom. Never. And now, and the reason why I say that's amazing, because I know my mama. <laughs> Are you following me? I'm just being, I'm keeping it <laughs> real rolling. I know my mom. Right. And my mom, you know, I could tell you a million things that my mom did wrong, but my dad never did that. So... Here's what, how I respond to the men out there who are struggling with this. Because like you said, you know, you didn't want her saying this. My thing is this, is that you always take the high road. Um, I, I, I don't speak negative about my son's mom because I trust that my son, as he gets older and he matures, he will find out what the truth is and what's falsehood. So what do you do in the meantime while they're shooting fiery darts at you? Like... Um, you know, you know, she was doing with your daughter destiny, shooting those fiery darts, throwing those stones. The same thing Jesus did <laughs> pray for him, <laughs> you know, you pray because, because guess what Jesus said that you will, for my sake, you will be persecuted. Now you will be attacked. You, your name will be slandered. See, the problem that we have rolling is that we, especially as men, we want to defend ourselves. Dude, I don't have to defend myself. That's like, why I got to defend myself if I'm represented by the almighty God? So say what you will, do what you want to do with me. My God said he goes before me. Yes. And he will protect me. And since we're keeping it real, my son asked me one day, we were in the car and I was picking him up from school. He was in middle school and he says, dad, what is the, um, now you got to understand my son asks a lot of tough questions and I, and I'm very transparent with my son. And he says, dad, what's the toughest thing about being um, a father, what, you know, or what's, well, I think he said either what scares you the most or what's the toughest thing about being a dad. And I said, other than something bad happening to our children, cause you know, we don't want our kids, to, we want our kids to be safe all the time. He said, yeah, dad, beyond that. Well, what is the toughest thing about being a father or being a parent? And I told my son, I said, roll down the windows. That's when, you know, when you actually could roll down the windows, <laughs> put down your window, we were in the car. And I said, Kendall, what do you hear? He says, I don't hear anything. I said, listen closely. He said, Dad, I don't hear it. I said, keep listening. And then he heard the traffic. He heard the the horns of the cars. He heard police sirens and um, he heard all kinds of... He heard people and all this other stuff. I said, you hear all that? He said, yeah. I said, that is the toughest thing about being a parent and the scariest thing. He said, Dad, I don't get it. I said, I have to compete against all of that noise. I said, Kendall, I have to compete against... I have to compete against rap videos. I got to compete <clears throat> against your friends now, social media. And I him, I said, I got to compete against your mama. I got to compete against your grandmamas. (laughs) I said, I got to compete against all these voices in the media vying for your attention. And you're hearing their voice over my voice. I said, Kendall, that's the toughest and the scariest thing, but that's my responsibility as a man to make sure that my voice is heard over their voice. And then my son looks at me. I said, Kendall, does that make sense? He said, yeah, dad. He said, dad, can I ask you something else? I said, what? He said, can I put up the window? <laughs> I, said, I said, go right ahead. And so the moral of the story, though, Roland, what I'm trying to get the guys to understand. I tell you, we're just having a conversation here about this blended family thing. Is that when we decide to break that union, that's part of the stuff we're inviting in is the noise. Yeah. So Roland, I, I hate to get on your brother, but I'm treating you like a brother in Christ. Guess what? You invited all those attacks yeah. from her. And that's what we invite. I invited all that noise in when I broke that union with his, with his mom. And so God said, okay, now how are you going to deal with that? God, to make sure that I live and teach and train in such a way that he looks to me other than the world for answers. And so I didn't have to defend myself anymore against his mom. I just had to live my life louder. If that makes any sense, I had to live my life louder in such a way like, wow, dad doesn't respond that way. When bad things happen, dad doesn't respond that way. When people attack him, dad doesn't respond that way to negativity. And hopefully that he'll gain something from that when he deals with life. And as he got older, guess what? He found the truth about me and his mom and he decides what he wants to be. And so when they asked him, where do you want to live? He picked me. And it's not because just because we were, because he's real close to his mom too, but he picked me because he says, that's the life that I want. Okay. I think I can learn more from him than I could from her. That's not disparaging his mom, but he knew when it came to being a man, he would learn a lot more from a man who was married, you know, and being a father and being a husband than he could with a single mom. And so, um, I I feel for you, my heart breaks for you that you had to deal with that Roland, but at the same time we can't lose sight of what our purpose is in our children's life. And it's not to defend ourselves against their, their mom and their daddy. You know, is for us to um to represent Christ in a way that they crave to have the kind of relationship with Christ that we have. You know, now as far as with the the eleven years that you've had um um with with Destiny, and, and this may be a, a tough question to ask you, Roland, but um we're just kicking it, we're just keeping it real. Is if you had to go back and do it all over again, one would you do it and put that kind of stress? in your marriage anyway or, and what would you do differently if you said, yeah, I would do it all over again, but here's what I would do differently. I hope that's a fair question to ask you. What would you do? I, I would definitely, uh, you talking about as far as
2: getting destiny back? in Yeah. Life?
1: Bringing her back into the home and disrupting what you already had after that many years.
2: I, I guess, um, I guess the main thing I wish, uh, to be honest, I guess I wish I was more Christ centered. Like the, uh-huh. uh, the question, like I was saying about defending myself on the telephone, that was, uh, like in the beginning stages when we first had it, and I just learned. And if you hear my testimony now, my testimony is I played a major role in why she left. I used to just blame her. She took my child away. But she left because of some of the things I did. So we both played the role. So I, I right. just look at it as, as I grew through it. I just wish I was more Christ-centered. I wish I had more uh, male influence because, like I said, I wasn't raised by a dad. I was raised by a mom who was on drugs and all these other things. I never had that male influence. My male influence was out on the street, and to be honest. And I, I thank God that he got me through that. But I, I would do it all over again. I, I would I, I would get more Christ-centered. Hopefully I, I can be more Christ-centered and help me through. I would have more guys, even guys like you, that can speak to me and show me the way and help me out. But I would definitely do it again because I know a child needs their father no matter what. and I, And I know that even more now so maybe I would have had a more fire fire under me to even look for even harder and, mm-hmm. and to find her, I wish I could have found her earlier and 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 got some of the stuff that's weeded in her out before she grew into it because at, at, between 111, that's a vulnerable age, you're just picking up and absorbing everything and that's oh, yeah. what you know because she still wanted that lifestyle even though, not to say we was rich, we just had a better lifestyle. She had her own room, she had all this other thing. She was just implanted in that bad lifestyle. But mm-hmm, I would definitely mm-hmm. do it over again because the game, cause a child needs the father, and a- as a man of God, we still responsible for that child. Whether whether we can't find him, not, that's still our responsibility. And it it seems it seems messed up if they take it because I played a, most of the time a man will play a role in why his child isn't there, and I was still responsible for her. and I would definitely do it. And God would tell tells me I
1: I would have to. Absolutely, and and that's well said, Roland. I, I think about. Um, when I was going through the custody battle with my son, I mean I was going through hell man it, it was tough because I wanted him to he wanted to be with me I wanted him to be with me so bad and his mom and I just we were just going at it um and eventually I won custody I got custody of him but I remember talking to my spiritual father because you said having other men around me because I couldn't do it without the help of having that that circle of men around me and my spiritual father in particular, when I was complaining to him one day about how tough this is and this is not what I signed up for and why is she treating me this way? I'm talking about the mama now. Why is she treating me like this? Um, You know, this, you know, this is going to hurt our son and this is not doing what's in the best interest of the child. And I'm going off on what she's doing wrong. Just like you said, I was going off and he said this to me, Roland. He says, "Um, Joe, I know how you feel, son. He said, I know what you're going through and I know. Now he has eight kids (laughs) he's been married for like over 40 years. And he said, I know what you're going through. He said, but Joe, let me ask you this. And Roland, this gave me so much perspective. He said, Joe, I know it's been hell. And Joe, I've been with you through this whole process. He said, but I want you to go back a year ago from today, whatever that day was. I said, yeah. And I didn't know where he was going with this. He says, look at where you were there a year ago, spiritually. And where you are today spiritually now i know you've been through a lot in the past year but would you rather go back to where you were spiritually without all this trouble <laughs> without all this, these problems and issues and drama would you rather be back there spiritual or where you are today and roland i just humbly told him, man i'd rather be here he said so joe you got to deal with this and so you're right um i look back now and say, would i have spared myself going through that As much as I wouldn't want to go through the pain, I I realize if it took that getting to where I am spiritually right now, so be it. And so I agree with you 100% on that. You're absolutely right that God, you know, they say he doesn't put more on you than you can handle, that you can bear. I think that's a little bit misstated. He doesn't put more on you than he can handle for you if you trust him and depend on him. And during that storm and during that time and you've been through it. Um, you've realized that you had to depend on him a lot more than you ever thought you would have because if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have gotten through it. Not at all. Yeah. Now, Roland, um, we're going to, we're going to transition. You know, now I, this is what I love about doing um, the podcast. Dude, out of all the questions I had on my list, I may have gotten to two. <laughs> I got like nine other questions I never even asked you, but uh, um, but I, but I felt the spirit um, move in this conversation that it wasn't us coming from the standpoint of being experts, but of, expressing the journey and obviously we could wish we can go back and do a lot of things differently than we did before and particularly when we hooked up with these women <laughs> how we treated them in the beginning i hope that the men are not losing that that yeah. before we blame that woman guess what something happened to put us in this situation sure that enough. we had to be in a blended family <laughs> so let's keep it real yeah so i wish we could go back and be better men so to those women out there and i don't you know i'm sure that um uh, she's you she's probably not listening to this or i know that my ex is probably not listening to this but i can never say it enough um please forgive me i'm sorry i did not know what i was doing at the particular time give me some grace and mercy but i'm a better man today because of it and i'm a better man now um for it and roland i think um i can speak on your behalf too that you're better now for it and because of it most than you def- were back then
2: most definitely i wouldn't be doing what i wasn't what i'm doing if it not been for that so i Got to use what, what happened to me as another plan, I guess, to uh, fulfill another purpose to help others out.
1: Yeah. So yeah. You know, and for the people who are just probably um, listening to this, um, we deal, we're talking to Roland Cox, who's the founding creator of the Daddy Builders Network. And Roland mentioned earlier that he started this because he knew dads are going through this. And obviously... Roland, when you started this organization, you didn't know that I've gone through this. <laughs> you know that I've but you know that there's a lot of men out there who have. And man, I commend you for um putting together this network that men can come and get the kind of support that they need to get encouragement, to get hope, to get information, strategies on how to deal with this. And man, anything I can do to support you in your ministry and what you're doing, man, please feel free to lean on me and, and um for support or um or anything, man, because I, I think what you're doing is necessary. Um, and is needed in today's society.
2: I appreciate it. And you know, We do a lot for our kids right now. So uh, Daddy Builders, it, we do a lot of social media. But right now, now our focus is on our kids because if my if my home isn't right, I, I can't go out there helping somebody else. I got to get my home together a little better. And, and that's just because they're autistic and, and stuff. It's, it's a lot going on here. There's, that's what took so long for me to get on this
1: car. Right, so, right. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of stuff outside of just – Um, you know, this is one area of your life that we, we decided to focus on of the, um, your relationship with, with destiny, but you're dealing with a lot of other stuff dealing with your kids, which I told you, even before we came on the air that I would love to bring you on the show to, to talk about that and not as an expert, but again, as a person who's going through the journey of, of dealing with that, you know, and I said that we're going to do the man up questions, you know, Roland, we're not going to do the man up questions today. So for those who are listening, please forgive me. We're not going to have time to do that today. Um, But it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to close the show out right now because I am and I haven't done this on the air before, Roland. um, But when the God is telling you to move and he's pressing on your spirit, you need to obey and do what he's telling you to do. And I'm I'm telling you, but I know there's thousands of people out there listening all over the country um, that I'm sensing in my spirit that this a lot of men can relate to what we're talking about today. I mean, more so than the normal group that we have coming in with different issues that we deal with. I don't know why Roland, but something is pressing in my spirit that men are struggling, um, in mending relationships with their children, even adult children, um, coming to grips with their past of some of the mistakes that they've made that we've talked about and discussed um, dealing with even that the wife that we've subjected to this, because you know what I didn't talk about was that my son, I brought him into this house too. And him having to deal with my wife, which, man, I can't wait to bring my wife on the show. Cause that'd be a great discussion to have her talk to, to you about this. Because think about this. He's coming in. He came into the, um her life at the age of 15, going on 16. So imagine dealing with a teenage boy. <laughs> and my wife has never had a son before. And he loves his mama. He and his mama are close. Loves his mom. And he has to deal with this woman now who is now a priority in my life even above him. And for people out there listening, we didn't even talk about that. You better have right order. That your marriage is before your children. I don't care what somebody's telling you. God says God is telling you right order. And that's your covenant with your wife first, then your children. Then your children. But um, but anyway, but God's moving my spirit to um before we close out the show, that I'm gonna pray um, and Roland, we're going to come in agreement as I pray. And I don't know how this, I'm just letting the spirit lead me in prayer for the men out there who are listening. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to pray, but I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to obey the spirit. So if you don't mind rolling, um, we prayed before we came on air, but I'm going to do it now, um, on the air if you don't mind. So, um, let, let us pray, man. Um, heavenly gracious father, God, we come to you with just a humble spirit, a broken spirit, a contrite heart, God, we, first of all, we just give you thanks and give you honor and glory. God, I give you thanks because you've given us a platform. To, God, you've given us a platform with Real Men Connect podcast to discuss an issue I never thought in my wildest dreams um, as a young man, as a new father, as a husband, that I'll ever talk about publicly. Um, that was one of the most painful times in my life. Um, and I've caused a lot of pain. But God, I know in my spirit and Roland agrees with me that there's a lot of men he knows from having his organization that there's a lot of men out there who are suffering, who are dealing with the pain of their past and the hurts and the wounds that they've caused to others. And God, we know that there's a lot of men who've been wounded by baby mamas, um, by the drama that has been brought by their own disobedience. Yes. God, it's so easy for us as men to, to point the finger of how we've been wronged and how we've been mistreated. But God, we know that as we point that one finger um, at others, that (laughs) their fingers pointing right back at us. And God, you said that you will only heal it if we reveal it. So we must confess our sins before you. So God, I'm speaking with Roland. We come to agreement that every man out there who's listening, God, we ask that you forgive us. God, forgive us for being disobedient, of getting our lives out of order. God, getting out of order of starting families before getting your stamp of approval. God for breaking off relationships and stepping out of relationships, God, without um, understanding the full covenant that we've made. God for having um, sex outside of marriage because we've getting out of your order. God, forgive us and covers with the blood of your Son Jesus Christ with your grace and your mercy. For God uh, of stiff arming you and not building an intimate, close relationship with you. God, forgive us. God for hardening our hearts for not receiving correction. For not looking for a connection with other men to be able to speak into our lives. God, we know that there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. So God, as we confess these sins, God, we don't beat ourselves up in guilt and shame over it. Because God, your son died for this. And God, when you say that where the spirit is, there is freedom. So God, we release this and we put our sins before your throne of grace and mercy. And we receive the full forgiveness that God, that when we stand up and we leave this prayer that we can walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Mm. God, we thank you for that. Thank you. Sir. That there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And God, as we move forward, God, we turn our hearts over to you. And we ask that you continue to give us a boldness. Renew our minds, God, that we are focused on you to do what you've called, to, called us to do as husbands, as fathers, as men, the way you've called us to do it. God, let us not walk in our feelings anymore, but to focus on our faith in you. God, we can take those fiery darts that are sent by the enemy. Even when our exes and the women that we've been with have allowed the enemy to use them, God, for evil. God, you said that you are turning around for good. So, God, we don't have to fight back and retaliate. God, we will set healthy boundaries. And, God, we will continue to walk in a way that brings you honor and glory in everything we do. Especially raising the children that you called us to raise. God, you've given us a mandate and instruction Roland mentioned that it is our responsibility, whether we're with that child or not, God, to be the father that you called us to be to them. God, you've chose us for a reason. You've entrusted them to us. So God, that when we return them to you, we can be blameless and say, God, we didn't do it perfectly, but we did it out of obedience to you. So God, let us walk in a godly example for our children, God, because the best thing that we can do for our children is not to preach to them and not to lecture to them, but to walk faithfully before them so they can see how faithful and how loving that you are. That God, that they will see something in their father, that something of you in us, that they would desire a relationship with you personally. So God, I just thank you for having Roland on the air today. And God, for the hundreds and maybe thousands of men out there who are listening to this podcast. God, I ask that, God, that you press on their spirit to share with another brother, another man who may be going through a tough time with his children, that God, that it may be a blessing to him. And God, we know in the end, when all is said and done, it is not about us. It's not about our reputation. It's not about our desires, our wants, and our expectations. God, it is all done for your glory, for your glory that you may be magnified, exalted, and edified. And God, we ask all these things, all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Man, Roland, thank you so much for being on the air today, man. I really appreciate it. And Roland, if they wanted to find out more about um, about the Daddy Builders Network and what you're doing and the great work you're doing and the network that you put together for men to come together to get support that they need to be the, the fathers that they need to be, how could they find out more about you and how can they connect with you? Uh,
2: you can just uh, put in Daddy Builders, the Daddy Builders Network, and that should get us to uh, the website or any social media Um uh, I'm available to talk to anyone. My name is Roland Cox. You can look me up on Facebook if you if you want to. But just look up Daddy Bills. We're we're here for you uh, the best we can.
1: And that's it. All right. And Roland, and I tell you even uh, this has uh, been the weirdest show that I've had on the, <laughs> on the Roman Connect podcast cuz it's not following the structure that we normally have, but something that even pressed my spirit for for destiny out there. I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but my heart is heavy. My heart is heavy um, for her because she's longing um, for the love of the Father, and, he, and she's away from him right now. And I, I pray that. Um, That's good. I and mean, I'm sorry, man. Um, I, I'm praying, praying for her Thank heart you, to heal. That God would touch her in a mighty way. The wounds and the hurt that she feels, I've seen it in the eyes of my own daughter, Roland, and I know how serious it is. And she's lost. She's confused and she's hurting. And she doesn't know how to respond any other way than she is. Um, I pray that you and Michelle, um, I know you guys won't, but don't give up on her. Um, Continue to intercede for um, right now. She's the prodigal out there and God is working on her as he's working on us. And she's going to have to come yeah, to the end of herself. Um, and she's going to return. And when she returns, you keep looking every day, you guys praying, you keep looking. And when you see her taking a step forward, you guys just run after her and put that robe of righteousness on her and kill the fatted calf. So you guys can throw a party and celebrate for it. And God, we don't care how long, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us how long the, the, the father waited for the prodigal to return. All we know is the prodigal's journey was that he had to come to the end of himself. And so my heart breaks for destiny because she's out there and she's going to um, experience some hardships, which she probably is going through already. Um, and she needs to be connected and she needs to be connected to the father first and back to the family. And I hope, and I pray that um, she will return because God's sovereignty is perfect. He knows what he's doing. It's not a surprise to to her, I mean, to him, to what she's going through. And even though you and Michelle may not know what she's dealing with or what she's going through, he knows. And because he knows he has his hand on her and he has watchful eye over her. And he's just waiting for her heart to turn just even a little bit. And I believe that he's gonna restore the relationship you have with your daughter. And so continue to intercede for her. And we're gonna continue to intercede for any son or daughter who feels disconnected from the father and from the, I'm talking about from the real father and from their biological fathers. Um, I can't wait to have my daughter on the show because I know my daughter is going to shed a lot of light on this for yeah. a lot of dads out there to hear. But Roland, um, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thanks for um, having me. I really me. appreciate it. And guys out there, um, I know this hasn't been the norm for the Real Men Connect podcast, but please do us a favor. If you can, first of all, share the podcast with um, any man out there who could benefit from this, this episode. But also take about 30 seconds to go over to iTunes. And please, when you rate the program, don't talk about how um, Joe is a whining baby on the, on the air as a host. <laughs> Leave us a positive review if you can. That's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. And please don't keep us a secret. Share us with your friends. Until next time, I'm Joe Martin, your man builder with realmenconnect.com, reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So
0: until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always... Stay in God's grip. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out RealMenConnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's RealMenConnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.